This is The House Call. Welcome back to another edition of The Brick House. We got a lot of big news to get into here. The KD injury, Steph's back with the Warriors and he's popping off. How does that work into the, what's going on in the West? And plus a lot, a lot more. But let's go ahead and look at this KD thing, Ryan. I mean, I've been on this train a lot and everyone's like, oh, you know, KD and Kyrie, when they're on the court together, they're really good. They can take the nets anywhere they want to go. And I always comment, yeah, but they're never healthy. They don't play a full season. They can't do it. And here we are again, right knee sprain. He's expected to be out for about a month. What does this do to the Nets' con- contention chances in the East that we already thought wasn't a really good chance in the first place? Yeah, I mean, this is tough right now looking at it. Their, their inability to keep all of their players on the court at the same time. We saw it last season when they added James Harden. You know, they, they tried to make something happen with that big three, and they could rarely ever get time together on the court. And yet still, with him now at, in Philadelphia, they're still having the same problems with KD. And I, I'm, I'm scared to say it, but KD's starting to look like a bit of an Anthony Davis situation. He's getting injured left and right. He's having to miss time. And, you know, when you combine the missed time between Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, that impact it has on the rest of the team, it's tough. You know, when you sit at number two in the Eastern Conference – Four and a half games behind the seeds. Got to rep. But, um, you know, you, you got to maintain a high position in this Eastern Conference right now, especially, you know, with Miami heating up, no pun intended. Um, and just the rest, you know, everyone down below really, really getting close. Um, you know, Cavaliers even catching some steam here later in the season. All I'm saying is when it comes down to this injury, it could be either a really, really, really big deal coming into the, you know, the all-star break and even after that. And it, it could make a big flip in the Eastern Conference standings. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I said, I've never, I said at the beginning of the year that I didn't see the Nets being anything more than what they were last year. Exactly. I mean, they're, they're, they're an, a first round exit, possibly getting swept by whoever they get. At a best case scenario, they're a four seed. And even yeah. then, I don't, I, I, I see them getting beat by a five seed. I just don't think that they can, as a team play collectively yeah. since I mean, you can't have your, you can't have your number one and your number two consistently out and expect to have chemistry rolling into the postseason. It's not yeah. going to happen. No. We've seen it so many times. So as far as I'm concerned, this is just same Nets team, different day, same KD, yeah. different day, Kyrie, yeah. different day. I mean, it's they're, they're going to continue to do this stuff, man. They're always hurt. They're always unavailable. And yeah. Honestly, this has kind of been Brooklyn's MO. You know, they sign guys, you know, like you from the KG, Paul Pierce, Jason Terry, you know, Joe Johnson days. You know, that was yeah, that was yeah. supposed to be the team, and yeah. they couldn't stay healthy. They couldn't play together, and they were aging. And now we're looking at this now. They couldn't stay healthy. They're having trouble playing together, and yeah. they're aging. So yeah. it's, they're right back where they were. And the only good news is, is now they have a, some assets that they could possibly get a decent amount of draft picks. Yeah. Just pull a Danny Ainge and – See what you get out of that. But we'll go ahead and move on to Steph Curry. Now, Steph is pulling the opposite of a KD. Instead of going out with an injury, he's coming back from one. And I believe you already t- – we talked about this before we went uh, on this recording here, that he put up 37 points tonight, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah. this, are, are, are the Warriors back? I mean, you've seen what Clay's been doing recently. Steph just dropped 37 coming off of – I believe it was a shoulder problem. Wiggins yeah. is back. The whole team's healthy. Yeah. Is this Warriors team about to make a run? Ah, shit. I mean, it's tough when you look at it, especially in the same game, Steph dropped 37. Jordan Poole had 23 in the second quarter alone. So looking at, you know, this team when firing on all cylinders, finals champions last season, 
you know, hurts my heart a little bit. But Absolutely. all in all, <laughs> what happens when Curry comes back in full force like this? Off an injury, he's got this this arm sleeve on now. It seems to be giving him even more superpowers in terms of shooting than he had beforehand. And the chemistry he's getting back, you know, I'm seeing I'm seeing some flashes of the Splash Brothers coming back. I'm getting a little scared. And we saw what PTSD did, is what we call them, uh, last season. You got Poole, Thompson, Steph, and Draymond. I'm afraid. I'm afraid if I'm in the Western Conference right now because, you know, they're picking up. They're picking up. Now, don't get me wrong. I still think they are going to fall in the same category as the Brooklyn Nets where they're going to have a lot of injury problems, but they have the coaching, the adversity, the depth on the bench to actually overcome that and, you know, definitely a little bit more of an opening in the Western Conference right now. So I think they have a very good chance to compete for another championship this season if they keep it up. But a lot of it has to do with the All-Star break. We know a lot of NBA teams can either crumble or completely rebuild after the All-Star break. So it's really going to have to be determined, you know, come come later in February. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the good news is, like you said, they're in the West. This is not yes. the East where they have exactly. four or five teams that are just all so tight-knit and, you know, all this stuff right now, they could easily climb in to mm-hmm. the four or the three seed by yeah. the time everything's said and done, maybe even the two or the one, the way everything else is going in that, in yeah. that conference right now. Yeah. And that is terrifying because everyone was like, Oh, you know, how bad's the Steph injury? How's he going to be when he comes back? Can clay keep mm-hmm. them afloat? Can Jordan yeah. keep them afloat? They mm-hmm. did. Everything is trending in the way the warriors want it to trend. Yeah. And that's why when you see these injuries that happen earlier in the year, you're like, I don't I'm not so concerned. I mean, the timeline's there for him to be get back. They have the talent to stay relevant. And so mm-hmm. far, the Warriors, honestly, I could easily see them being the scariest thing in the West, just like, you know, and they're they're going to be that way. And I could easily yeah. see them going back to the finals and possibly a repeat of last year's matchup. You know, the, the yeah. Warriors and the Celtics, or possibly Warriors-Bucks, depending on how everything rolls out there in the East, you know. You never mm-hmm. really you never really count out the Warriors. And I was, and I said this on the last episode, I believe, or maybe an episode or two ago, where they were talking about Steph coming back. And I was like, well, look out. Yeah. If Clay's dropping 50. Yeah. And Steph can come back. That's a problem. This is a definite problem because Jordan Poole can hit from anywhere. He's shown that ability. Clay can hit from anywhere, especially if he's back to his form, which it looks like he has been. And now you got Steph coming back and, oh, how's he going to be after the shoulder? 37 points is how he's going to be after the shoulder. That's pretty damn good. You know, and so everything's coming together for them. Let's talk about another team that is out there on the West Coast. And uh, that is the Clippers, who have a six-game losing streak. And honestly, I, I keep forgetting that Paul George is even playing basketball anymore. Yeah, I, and I have yeah. a and I have I have a pair of PGs in, in my in my closet. Damn, That's the basketball the shoes I use, man. Bag. That's the basketball shoes I wear. They're in my closet. I haven't put them on in a while because it's hard to find places to play basketball out here. Uh, sure. But that's the that's the basketball shoes I wear. And I was like, man, does he even play basketball anymore? And I had to go look. And then the funny thing was, is while I'm looking, I see this this YouTube video scroll across, and it's like every game winner hit against Paul George, and it's an 11 minute video. Poor an 11-minute video, and it's just oh, like, oh, my no. God. Well, he still plays basketball, but he's, like, on the, the receiving end of, like, every major shot that can ever yeah. be made. That's but, I fun. mean, are, are the Clippers are the Clippers done? Do they just need to, to, to cash it in? Because it's been hard. They have the same problem that the Brooklyn's having, having your stars on the court at the same time, injuries and everything like yeah. that. I mean, 
and sooner or later, man, and, and this has been the Clippers. I mean, for the Clippers, oh my God, this is terrible because, you know, you think about the Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, uh, you know, Bob Chris Paul days, days and they're like how they couldn't stay healthy. And now they have the Kawhi Leonard, Paul George days and they can't stay healthy yeah, and they're just consistently dragging through. Yeah. Is it time to just completely cut bait full sell and just rebuild? I think it's about damn time. I think they also kind of missed their shot though. If I'm being honest, once they got rid of SGA, I knew I, I knew they were pulling the Los Angeles Rams. Like, they were just they just sold in, they gave everything they had to try and win a series, and they just forgot about the injury proneness of their two superstars that they signed. And not to mention, if we don't like don't let it be forgotten, John Wall is on this Clippers team too. And he, oh, you know, man. yeah, he's averaging. See how healthy he can stay, right? right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you're just adding more injury prone players. Um, but if I'm looking at the Clippers, you know, they they snapped the six game losing streak. They got a win, but then they just recently lost again. So that's lo- losing seven out of their last eight. And when you see, you know, yeah, Paul George doesn't even play basketball anymore. He's leading in points for this team right now. And still, though, at 23, it's, it's meager. It's light. It, this should not be what I'm seeing out of the Clippers. If I'm the Clippers, if I'm Steve Ballmer, I'm, I, I got to get rid of my superstars while they're still assets and build around what I have. And, and this is going to be crazy. But what I have in Terrence Mann, I love Terrence Mann as a prospect. I love the fact that he dropped 31-6 and six in their last win and complimented Kawhi Leonard on a 30-point performance as well. And, and I think Terrence Mann at the point guard position, you you know, especially with the draft capital and the trades you can make this offseason, we've seen the Clippers do some pretty solid stuff in the offseason. So if they keep that trend up, they give them, you know, give them hell with some, with some cap space. They, they could find themselves contending for the playoffs next season. But, yeah, I think we're in rebuild, rebuild mode for, for L.A. Yeah, I mean, and it's, it's really unfortunate, too. You think about, like, and, and I say it all the time. I'm a full believer that if you're going to sell, you have to commit to the sell. And yeah. I know everyone's getting sick and tired of hearing it. But there are so many times, man, where, like, they're going to try to trade one and keep the other. Or they're not going to fully try to try to make some sort of package deal or, you know, yeah. swing some blockbuster trade. They're just going to try to, like, cut space, cut cap space and get as much room as they can to just get everyone they can. And they're just not going to do it right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, teams and, are so, and that's like, the biggest concerned. They're, they're so concerned. And I feel like they won't they don't, they don't feel like going through the embarrassment of, of 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 having a shit year or a shit two years so that way they can propel themselves to consistent playoffs and build a roster from the ground up like it used to do teams are afraid of being irrelevant at this point in yeah. time and that's why it's been so difficult for these nba teams you know to rebuild especially the clippers who have been such a big name have always had big stars and you're in la you know, and, and you got to compete with all these other Los Angeles teams and all these other Californian teams. It's difficult for them to try and bite the nail and say, you know, what, let's be irrelevant for a year. Let's build. But they're going to have to do it eventually. And I think it's time. I mean, yeah, absolutely. And the, the problem that you run into in a lot of these situations is, is that it's not so much that the team scared. You, it's the GM and the coach are scared. To yes, exactly. The because it's office. like you're going to lose your job if, yep. if ownership isn't fully bought in. Like and. I think the problem is, is that you have to go to ownership, right? And you have your owner has to understand, but you have to look at some of the other teams across other sports too, and how things like that go. Your owner would rather be mediocre sometimes to, to keep fans in the stands than he would rather suck. 
for a year to be possibly a champion within the next five. And yeah. I think that that's a big problem in a lot of sports is that the owner has too much say or doesn't want, doesn't see the the forest from the trees in a lot of these situations. And that fear that these GMs and these coaches have really puts them in a tough spot to try to, you know, pull the plug on a full sell. Because like you said, I mean, not everyone does what Danny Ainge did no, or, and has done multiple times. Very I mean, he's tough done it, to do with And then he went right did. to Utah mm-hmm. and did yep. the same he's thing. Doing the same and it's thing. turned out great. It's turned yeah. out great because he Utah, sees the yeah. talent and he sees the people who are available and says, okay, with these guys, I can put a team together that'll get us to the playoffs. Exactly. They're not going to win a championship. They can get us to the playoffs. And we saw that like the year he had, what? He had uh, Isaiah Thomas, Terry yep. Rozier, yep. Jay uh, Marcus Smart, Jay Crowder. You know, those were the guys he had on the on those the squad. The guys, and yeah. those Avery guys. Bradley. Yeah. And they too. took them deep into the playoffs. I mean, they mm-hmm. did a really, really good job. Way outdid expectations. And now he's in Utah. And you're looking who's the star in Utah right now. And you're like. I probably wouldn't have any of these guys starting on a top five team in the league. Yeah. Maybe come, they'd all be six men somewhere, yeah. <laughs> you know? Lori Markkinen has made a name for himself this season. Yes, he has. And it's honestly Utah and Danny Ainge. Like I said, I tell everybody, I say it so many times and I know I'm a Celtics fan. Danny Ainge yeah. is a Celtic. He <laughs> was in the front office for a while, but if you watch what that man does to manage a team, it's top shelf. Yeah, I think he could go to any sport. Like if he understood football, yeah, <laughs> he could go yeah. to the NFL and do what he's doing right now. Like he, could oh, take, yeah. he would, he would take the Cleveland Browns and make them something. He would take, oh my like, God. he would do these things. He man. would take the Cleveland Browns to the Super Bowl right yeah. now. Right, right now. now, it would just be wild. Yeah. Okay, and it just that's shows what he does. you like how important management is and and the front offices in terms of really like making a franchise as opposed to you know like a little one hit wonder like we've been seeing a lot of recently you know teams peak and then drop pretty much immediately but to really build for it yeah but to really build it's tough to do and and it it goes underappreciated a lot so yeah i I feel like that was that was justified danny ainge praise just now (laughs) yeah it it really is the man has done crazy things speaking of something crazy Uh uh-oh the there was an nba record Oh God! Amount of free throws, or consecutive free throws made in a yeah. game. And James Harden Miami, was not playing. Yeah, between uh, <laughs> Miami and the Thunder, forty of forty. The Miami Heat hit forty of forty. Jimmy Butler had twenty three of twenty three. The funniest thing about that game is that Jimmy Butler only had like thirty five ish points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he ended up with 35, 7, and 8 on that game. Two-thirds of his points came from, from the free throw. <laughs> and this just goes back to what I'm saying, that you can't play defense in this league because everything is about how many points can we score, and it's things like this that just drive me nuts because how do you get 40, like 40 attempts? There are teams that don't even get 40 rebounds, all right? <laughs> like, you're going to get 40 free throw attempts? Are you kidding me right now? Like, oh, it's ridiculous. I mean, it is, it's out of my – it's out of this world. But what are your thoughts on this game, man? What are your thoughts oh, on, on the Miami gosh. Heat doing this? I mean, okay, so let's, let, let, let's paint the picture for a second. We got the Miami Heat coming in, you know, with a bit of a head of steam, trying to make a name for themselves, coming up into the playoffs. And then you got OKC trying to do the same thing. SGA is having a career year. They're trying to build off that, trying to build off Lou Dort's defense. 
And, you know, going into this game, this was a really good matchup. And, you know, we expected some defense, but not this. Um, definitely not 40 for 40 on the free throw. Jimmy Butler was 6 for 17 from the field on this game. And yet still ended up with 35 points. Um, that yeah. should tell you how many gifted opportunities there were. And this game, was it was a one-point difference. The Heat won 112 to 111. So one of those free throws, one of those. And imagine, you take one person, you take one of those fouls away, it's OKC's game if you really want to break it down to free throws. But, yeah, I mean, for a game with this much of a, like, low-key playoff implication as it did, for it to end in a free throw battle and be smoked by Miami, yeah, I mean, I don't know. But at the same time, this proves a take of mine, which you know, I'm about to say, but this is a very big, you know, proof point that Miami's not really a true contender to me. I, I don't believe that they can go into the playoffs if they do and make any sort of noise. I mean, if they're playing a team who's ninth in the West, or no, actually, OKC's 12th in the West right now, who's 12th in the West, and they have to squeak out by 40 of 43 free throws, it's not going to happen every time. You can't bank on that to win. And especially if we're talking about injuries, you know, don't even get me started on, on Jimmy Butler. Don't even get me started on Tyler Hero and his inconsistency. It's whatever. And now Gabe Vincent is having to play a massive role. He, he had 27 and 28 in back-to-back games. So, I mean... For this game, it was crazy to watch. It was crazy to see how often the free throws went. It was like watching James Harden in 2018 again. But, yeah, I mean, it was it was one of those games where you're like, what the fuck is even happening right now? Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to take anything away from this as opposed to, like, damn, that was low-key a fluke or that was just, like, props to the free throw coach. I don't know. Like, give that I guy mean- a raise. They always say, like, if you're having a bad night shooting the ball, get to the free throw line. Get to the free throw line. Just seeing one drop can turn your turn you around. So Jimmy Butler had a really bad night shooting the ball, and so he's just like, I'm just going to go to the free throw line the entire yeah. time. And, and to be fair, Jimmy Butler does have that. some of the best pump fakes and stuff like that that, that oh, yeah. a guy he, like that has. So I mean, he he pulls it really well. Yeah. And I think that you know, the the Heat have a good defense. They're a defensive minded yeah. team. They've yeah. always been a defensive minded team. So they're going to make they're going to play a lot of close games. They're not yeah. about scoring points. They're more about trying to stop you from scoring points. Yeah. And so they're never going they're not going to wow you in offensive efficiency. Their defensive efficiency is what's going to win them games. The yeah. problem is is that as good as they can be on the defensive end and make stuff tough for everybody, yeah. I don't know if they can score enough points to be a true considered nah. a true contender. Now exactly. they can give people problems and probably squeak out a few games. And if the injury exactly. bug hits a few teams, they can definitely make a run. But we we saw what it was last year, you know, like they're a really good defensive team. They can make yeah. some superstars struggle. And if there's not somebody else who can score the ball yeah. on a team, they can make it really tough. And that's why the yeah. Celtics had a, a lot of problems with them. You know, it's mm-hmm. why the Heat are always going to be around. But at the same time, I just don't see them winning the championship. I just don't think no. that they have that no. one guy who can drop, you know, 50 or anything. Uh, listen, no. how would they match up against Golden State? Yeah, yeah, no, not even close. Not even close. So I I don't think they're true contenders. I mean, they could – 
possibly if everything goes their way represent the east and i mean they would have to everything would have to go their way and then everything would have to go against all the teams ahead of them right now too. yeah, yeah and brooklyn that's just not... already having a bit of an issue but you know for boston and everyone else to drop off boston the milwaukee philadelphia Philly, yeah nah, you, <laughs> Cleveland. You we're at a point right now in the nba where if you're playing games not to try and score more than your opponent but to make sure they score less than you you're most likely going to lose these games we're in a scoring league you know we, the floor spacing is completely different and all in all defensive teams defensive minded teams who don't have a true you know star scorer you know like a tatum like a Doncic, like a like a Giannis, or even you know two kind of like a clay and a, and a steph combo or like again like a kd Kyrie combo you know if you don't have at least that on a team offensively you're not going to be able to compete with a lot of these contenders so that's that's why miami you know as good as they are defensively and as good as they are as a, as a team as a franchise of course you know the coaching there i love but i just i don't know i don't, I, I can't see them making any noise again like i said like you said if if there were injury bugs maybe but that that's yeah. the only way i'm giving them anything yeah i mean my thing here is is that it's like your whole goal right is to win a championship Mm-hmm. That, that is the goal of every team at the beginning of the year. Whether whether they have the roster to do it or not, you start yeah. off zero, you know, no wins, no losses, no ties, whatever it is, yep. and you're ready and you're going for a championship. At what point do you decide that it's time, like we said, it's time to move off of people, right? Yeah. I think Miami right now has the people in their roster that enough people would covet that they oh, could yeah. ship, they could do a full sell mm-hmm. and rebuild within a year and be and actually have what they want to possibly win this game because like i said jimmy butler he's 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 going to do good things he's going to get you points he's going to score he's going to find his way to the basket he's a team player he plays pretty well on the defensive end you know but he's not a guy he's not a jason tatum he's not a a luca he's not you know yeah he's not these guys he's not somebody who can just give you 50 exactly like any given night, he's not going to do what Steph does. He's not going to do what Clay does. He's not an elite three point shooter. He doesn't really, he can't create his own shot off the dribble that well. Um, you know, but he does have a good pump fake that gets him to the line a lot. But at the end of the day, if people aren't going to bite on it, which they've kind of figured him out, I mean, yeah, yeah facing as a young move. team that doesn't really know anything, sure, you have a shot, but. I just I feel like the Heat are kind of just they're gonna ride the same roller coaster, man. They're gonna yeah. come back up. They're riding the same ride. Hey, we're gonna get to the playoffs. We're gonna be a content. We're gonna be there in contention for possibly the Eastern Conference Finals, and that's our ceiling. Yeah. And if you're okay with that being your ceiling, I mean, I guess. But you you have there's a certain point in time where you have to look at the other teams in the East yeah. and go, we can't beat Boston. In a no. seven game series, I don't think we can go. We especially have to play four of the games in in Boston. I don't think yeah, we can. We can't beat Milwaukee, so. and that's if we no. have to. And if we have to go to four games in Milwaukee, I yeah. don't think we can beat. I don't think we have the size to compete with. Philly. Definitely not beat. No, yeah, I don't think. You're so I mean, Philly, those Tyree are three Mackie. teams right there. Yeah, yeah those are three teams know. right there, man. Yeah, and so I feel like at some point in time, they're gonna have to move off of them. And I, I feel the same way about Brooklyn. I mean, Brooklyn's right. I think Brooklyn and Miami are closer together than they are closer to the, the top three, the three teams we just mentioned. I think that there's a solid gap right there. And Philly yeah. is lucky we're even putting them up that high because honestly, I think that they're probably closer to those two teams than they are <laughs> Milwaukee and Boston. But 
that's just the way it is because they don't really have like you know they, James Harden's not on the floor a lot and being yeah. you know you, you you send a late double on him after he picks the ball up or he starts dribbling and he's turning the ball over 50 percent of the time on those so I mean it's yeah. one of those things man and I I hate to say it but it might be time to look at what you got and you're up to ship some assets out and mm-hmm. at what point do you do you risk bench depth to try to get a, a good enough starting yeah. cast to even keep up with some of these teams, or do you just completely ship everybody out? And I, I know Miami fans right now, Heat fans are going to watch this and go, "This guy's out of his mind. Why would you yeah. trade everybody?" And it's like, well, are you going to win a championship? Look, your, yeah. look, be honest with yourself. Are you going to win a championship? If the answer is no, and you're not going to win a championship for the next three years, and these guys are going to be 34, 35, 36 at those point in times, yeah, you don't want to risk. Like yeah. wasting Bam out of Bio's career, yeah. you don't want to risk wasting the amount of capital your bench holds right now. I mean, Miami's definitely one of the deeper teams in the NBA right now, considering all the players that they have. Um, Tyler Hero has been a six man of the year candidate for the last two seasons, and like I was talking about Gabe Vincent earlier, uh, what they did with Duncan Robinson. I mean, the list goes on. So yeah. if if they were smart, if if they combined forces, they would yeah they would do exactly yeah. what you're telling them to. Yeah, I mean, you build around Bam, you can build around Duncan, you can build around, you know, Hero. Those are your three guys. They're young, they're on modest contracts, you have a lot of cap space. Clearly, Jimmy Butler, uh, Kyle Lowry, those guys aren't doing it for you. you got to find somebody else, man. And there's, I I think that there's going to be a lot of superstars available by the trade deadline and a lot of them available by the end of the year. Yeah. And and into the offseason because there are teams right now who are looking at what was supposed to make them contenders and, like, the amount of money we've given you for the amount of games we've gotten. Yeah. It's a bad yeah. game and they have to move off of it. Yeah. But speaking of players that are that either that are, we're going to actually go the other way. Speaking of players that aren't getting enough appreciation, aren't getting enough under uh, news coverage right now, but who is the one guy you think right now who is not getting enough appreciation who should be an all-star or is an all-star? All right. I was having a tough time picking this because I feel I feel a certain way about a lot of guys. But <laughs> I mentioned his name earlier, and I'm gonna say it again: Lori fucking Markinen. Ladies mine. and gentlemen, you gotta mine. love it. You gotta <laughs> love it. Coming from Chicago, looking like damn near a draft bust. And then again, we were just talking about Danny Ainge and what he's done with the Utah Jazz, but more specifically, what he's done with Lori Markinen. Homie's looking like prime Dirk out there right now, dropping 48s, 39s, just dropping massive pieces all over the place. And if he isn't an all-star, we're going to have a problem. Now, they're not set yet. The second round of voting's gone through. But, dude, Markinen needs to be talked about a lot more. His seven-foot, like that lot being that European swagger he's got on the basketball court. He can pull up from anywhere. His rebounding is elite on the defensive side of things, and his passing, too. He's passing like a point guard. He's taking the ball up the court like it's nothing. And I think for them, you know, you look at the Jazz, what they did in the offseason, to get rid of Gobert, you get rid of Donovan Mitchell, going into full rebuild mode just like we were talking about. And we're like, all right, Jazz aren't even going to be a team to talk about right now for this season. They're just off the roster. And now they're damn near 500, and they're competing for a, a playoff spot. And, and I think they very well could do so. Um, you know, I, I put them on the same tier, you know, as, as an OKC, as, as the Dallas Mavericks, as even Golden State is trying to make its way 
obviously they've got a little more momentum as we're talking. But what the Jazz have been able to do, especially in close games, being able to come together as a team, close them out, and, and close games against difficult teams as well. Again, mind you, they're in the West, but that doesn't mean their competition is lackluster entirely. They have played both the East and the West. This is not NFL where you normally are in one conference. So that being said, I got to give props to the Jazz, but mainly Laurie Markkinen. To, to go from draft bust a few years ago to now an all-star player, and what I'm looking at if I'm Danny Ainge as your franchise guy for Utah, being able to build off of him and, and to think this is his first season doing this shit, I'm scared if he gets developed any further because I've seen what Ainge has done with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and guys like that. So now he's got a seven-footer who can stretch the court. like like He can basically play the one through five. Yeah. He can basically play the one through five, and he can still put up 20, at least a triple-double on you if he feels like it. So, yeah. I mean, all you got to do, build around that kid, and it's and it's wraps. As long as Jordan Clarkson doesn't get in enough fights, we're making the playoffs. No one's ejected. We're good. But, yeah, marketing, I got to give him props. And just for the sake of having a second guy, I we already talked about him, but Shy Gilgis Alexander, man. Where where's the love for SGA, man? They tossed him away in LA like he was garbage for Kawhi, and now he's outplaying him. He's outplaying both Kawhi and Paul George combined right now. He has more total points this season than both of those two players combined this season. That's all I'm saying. I mean, it's it's crazy what's going on in Utah, and we talk about it, and it's it's Danny Ainge effect, man. The guy just can he 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 sees talent so well identifies it sees how it's going to work on the court finds a coach you know and, and a team puts a team together and they're able to do things and they don't have a legit superstar i mean there's nope. no like lord nope. he's marketing is not a legit superstar by any no. realm yeah. of the imagination no one would ever put him in that situation no. and this this idea that you need somebody to be a legit superstar to win games or to be you know good is you know that's it's kind of broken what you need is a superstar who can take the people around him yes. and elevate them. Lori Markkinen is taking the people around him and they're elevating each other. You add one, one high level person in there. Who's a good team player who can fit mm-hmm. into that dynamic really well. And yeah. suddenly the jazz are right back where we, everyone thought they should be, should have been with, uh, with Mitchell and Gobert. And now, I mean, like you said, I, I think it comes down to the fact that these are guys who are overperforming on teams that are under that are middle of the pack. Exactly. And that's the issue where a lot, they're not getting a lot of love, right? They're not winning yeah. a lot of games. You don't really talk about them. You don't get to talk about them a lot. And, but both of those guys, 100% probably deserve to be in the all-star game. I'd say they probably deserve to be there more than I would say, Katie, Kyrie. You know, I don't, I'm, I'm not, a, people are going to call me a hater, you know, because they're on the nets and I always talk trash on the nets. Well, they don't play a lot of games. I mean, sure. Do I think, do I think Markinen or SGA are better, like better basketball players than KD or Kyrie? No, I don't. I think, I think that Kyrie would, would, would smoke, you know, SGA in one-on-one. I think he's probably got better handles. He passes the ball better and he can shoot better. Sure. But these guys are available. They're on the court all the time and they're doing, they're helping their team win. Yeah. I don't see that from KD. I don't see that from Kyrie. Yeah. I I, I actually would rather see Markinen and SGA in the, in the all-star game over those two guys. But Oh yeah. That's just me. (laughs) (laughs) That's just me. It's whatever. It's whatever. 
Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, Man, I, I can't imagine what they're gonna do with their cap space next season in the off season. Yeah, again, you got a lot of big names coming out in, in the free agency, and we're gonna have a loaded off season for the NBA. It's gonna be wild. I can't wait. Uh, but can't we're wait. not even to the All Star break yet. We're talking about free agency. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Good point. Good point. But that's all we got for the Brick House today. Obviously, we have some affiliates that we would like to discuss before we get off here. You can check out all of our affiliates down there at that link. That's HTTPS www.thehousecall.com forward slash affiliates. That's our affiliates link. All of our affiliates are listed there. The link, the other thing scrolling below, the Society6, that's our merch. That is also on our uh, website, or you can go directly to that URL right there. Get yourself some merch, rep the brand. The other thing you see scrolling below, that is our liquid IV code. You can go use that code, get 25% off your first order. They have tons of flavors. It's really good for hydration, three times the electrolytes. I use it whenever I'm doing anything athletic or just, you know, getting a good sweat on. It's always right by my side. Another, some of our affiliates, one of our big affiliates that we want to announced today is StubHub. Thank you for StubHub for joining the House Call brand. You can use our our link that'll be in the description of this video and also is on our website. You can go there, get your tickets and everything like that for all your sporting events, concerts, shows, whatever it happens to be. They got tickets as low as $6 for, for all those events and things like that. So go to StubHub, use our link, help support the brand, and we'll see you next time here on The Brick House. One of the fights of the night, if not the fight of the night, we had Salt Poppy versus Josh Bruckner. This fight was fireworks. This